Bye God Podcast. I'm Laura Jane Parker. And I'm Eleanor Parker. And we, if you don't know by now, rewatch every episode of Annie at Beale through 2018 eyes. That we do. And we are back we are for back. another episode. Yeah, so today we're looking at season one, episode 15, Once in a Lifetime. For once in my life I have some. I don't think she uses this song in this episode. No. I always think of Texas. Once in a lifetime. Oh, We interrupt this program for Eleanor's cultural stuff. Brought to you by the 90s. The decade more problematic than it looks. So, Once in a Lifetime first aired 23rd of February 1998. On the 22nd of February, so the day before... Madonna released uh, the Ray of Light album. Ah, oh, such a good album. Yeah. Twenty <laughs> fourth of February, so the day after, Elton John was knighted. Though I thought you were going to say Elton John was ninety, and I was like, how the fuck old is he now? <laughs> no, he was older than the Queen. <laughs> No, he was knighted. Okay. Um, though he was mistakenly introduced as Sir John Elton. <laughs> <laughs> by who? Well, by Buckingham Palace. What idiot? I know. I don't know who fucked that up. Someone <laughs> lost their head that day. So, the number one UK single at the time was Brimful of Asher on the 45 I, by I Corner still Shop. I like that song. I love that song. Yeah, it's yeah, a good yeah. song. It's great. Yeah. And on the 20th of February, so a few days before this, uh, in the UK, Robot Wars debuted <gasps> on BBC Two. So I work with someone who was on Robot Wars as a child with her dad. Oh wow! Yeah, I, really? don't, I don't know which episode or which series, but yeah. That oh, she was that's on it. so funny! How how cool! How cute! Yeah. And lastly, 28th of February, 1998, Dermot Morgan, the actor that played Father Ted Quilly in Father yeah. Ted, he died at 45 of a heart attack really young and it was the day after they finished filming the last episode of father ted how did they not know this he was dead i don't know how you didn't know he was dead he did he that's why they didn't well i don't know whether they planned on that being <laughs> I don't the know last they ever. planned on him dying no. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know whether they had more series planned after I that i have no idea but yeah he How died did he died of, at 45. It's so young. Oh, so sad. I had no idea he was dead. I thought they were just like, oh, we've just done what Stop. we've done yeah. and stopped. How did no. I miss that? I don't know. I think probably because I only came to Father Ted quite late. Like, yes. it wasn't that long ago that I was like, oh, I'll give this Father Ted thing a go. I wasn't like <laughs> at into the time, it at the time. Yeah. Um, and it's brilliant. I had no idea he I died. Love Father Ted. Oh my yeah. gosh, that's like it's really blown sad. my mind. Yeah, he died. That's really sad. So young, so sudden. I don't know if I can attack. do this episode now. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to have to take a moment. <laughs> Laura Jane is now taking a moment. Oh my goodness. I can't believe you just threw that at me. Sorry, I thought you knew. No, I mean, I can't believe I missed it. Yeah, I oh, can't. Awful. Mad. Okay. But, uh, moving on. Moving. Back to Ali McBeal. Oh, you could have ended sorry. on a happy note. I'm sorry, I thought I <laughs> You do this a lot. You're like, oh, and this song, and this song. We're like, yeah, nice memory. And then you're like, and then 
somebody died. <laughs> like, oh. Tragically young. Right. Father Bono had a skiing accident. <laughs> Father Ted died the day after. Oh. Maybe you should like change the order. Okay, I'll bear that in mind for future yeah. episodes. So please could. Okay. Okay. Oh. That's the end of Eleanor's. Um, okay, so back to Once in a Lifetime. Again, it's the it's um, an episode written with a co-writer. Oh, okay. So we have uh, written by David E. Kelly and Jeff Pinkner, who's he did. What did he do? Well, he's a screen. He was a screenwriter on Amazing Spider-Man Two, the one with Andrew Garfield. Mm, yeah. He was also a screenwriter on the new Jumanji with the. Rock. I watched that recently. It's actually quite it's funny. good. Yeah. yeah, I was surprised. I was pleasantly surprised. I enjoyed uh, the Jumanji yeah. sequel, and he's also been a screenwriter on Venom, the Tom Hardy Spider-Man okay. thing that's yeah. coming out soon. I don't think it's been released yet. Yeah, and he was a writer producer on Alias. Okay, the Jennifer. Yeah. Garner. Yeah. Yeah, Jennifer Garner TV show and he was a writer on Lost. Wow, he's been busy. Yeah, so I yeah. wonder why David E. Kelly got some writers in for certain episodes but not others. I don't know. Be interesting to find yeah. out. Um, okay. But yeah, so so let's this episode in. let's creep crack open this one. <laughs> yeah. Um so we start Vonda is on the soundtrack singing Since I Fell For You which was originally by someone called Lenny Welch but has been covered by people like Barbara Streisand so it's probably more well known oh, okay. for her okay. um, but she's singing on the soundtrack and on the picture <laughs> I guess <laughs> we're seeing um, the Boston seeing, uh, at night yeah we're seeing Renee and Ali at home and they are in front of the fire, kind of stretching. In yeah, their they're pajamas. doing stretches, aren't they? <laughs> like, yeah. It's like a seesaw type stretch. Like one of them will lean over and the other one will pull back. And then yeah, they've go got the their like, feet together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're discussing Ali dating John, basically. And yeah. Ali's saying, because we know from last, I mean, this has been rumbling on since the Christmas episode. Yes, yes. Uh, but they haven't actually yet been, been on, on a, a date. date. Yeah. And Ali is saying to Renee that she's not sure she even wants to go out with him because she's sensing the ick, yes. um, as they call it. Yeah. Um, I quite like their term for it. Yeah, like, yeah. Because I, I know what, I know what a, that Yeah, that feeling. Yeah. yeah. Like, you're just like, this. I'm not feeling this. Yeah. Um, and she's saying, she's, he's her, and, and Renee, sorry, arguing with her, saying, you haven't even dated him yet, how can you have the ick? And she's like, well, he's my boss, so I don't want to go out with him and then get it, because that's going to make things awkward. Right. So Renee's saying, well, tell him, tell him that, you know, you don't want to do it. And she's like, Ali, well, Ali's saying, well, how? <laughs> and Renee's like, how? Like, just repeating back sentences to her. Yeah. Um, and she's saying, look, why don't you just go through with it? Like, she's getting exasperated with Ali. She's like, just have the date. Like, what's yes. wrong with just having one date? And Ali's like, no, I don't want him to think he did something wrong. You know, is it better to just blow the date or not, not stand, stand a chance? chance? And Renee's like, the biscuit has a nose for the truth. I suggest you be straight. Tell him that he doesn't do it for you. And then Ali's sort of thinking out loud to herself, like, well, maybe it would be easier on him to actually go on a date and I could be really boring and then he, he would, would lose interest. interest in me, yeah. And Renee's like, you know what has to be done, really, and, like, that you get the gif of the dump truck. the truck, yeah. And Ali's like, I have to dump him. And Renee's like, you, you must. must. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, oh, dear. Like, this yes. is a bit of a... 
Poor old John. I know. He's like, it's over before it's even started. I know, I know. I'm a bit like... Because I've... I really tried to... Because you just never know when you're dating. Like, you could... One of you could have an off day. I always liked... To, when I was dating, I always liked to give people the benefit of the doubt. Mm. Because you just don't know. Like having one date or even not having a date and like writing them off before you've even started yeah it's just a bit too like it's not giving them a shot like I always tried to give them at least two dates before I was like no I definitely can tell that we're yeah. not we're not compatible see it's funny I don't know I, I have no experience of actually dating like doing the actual it always the idea of doing it really like freaked me out and it's just weird. Like, no, I, it's too awkward. I yeah. can't possibly like. So I have never actually done the dating scene. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, I I see the arguments for both sides. I see the argument for giving someone a chance just so what, what's to it because to, you to like okay it'll be slightly awkward evening but yeah. then you know you've not it, it's not hurt you in any way no yeah I see the argument with both I see the argument with but if surely if there was something there I would feel it immediately and uh, uh, I think yeah I, I mean I think if you don't I think in this case Ali's actually going I'm feeling the ick so it's that thing of like I'm actually feeling turned off by it yeah so I think that is different yeah. than just being like well I don't know or yeah. I'm not quite feeling any anything yet I mean to be fair whenever I've got what I would imagine they're talking about when they say the ick even when I've got that I have tried to give them the benefit of the doubt <laughs> power through <laughs> yeah but I have to say, every time I've got it, even though I've done that, it's always turned out to be This is correct. the thing, like, yes, field, that's the I mean? thing. I think, I think women especially are very good at not listening to their gut feeling. Yeah. And I don't think that's a good thing. Yeah. I think, uh, I think it's fair enough to give someone a chance if you're not feeling anything. Yeah. Either way, good yeah. or bad. Like, I think it's fair enough to give them more of a chance than that because I think love and relationship, it isn't instantaneous. Yeah. Like, you can... And what you feel instantaneously is not necessarily a long-lasting feeling. Yeah, exactly. So I think when you're not really feeling anything either way, good or bad, then, yeah, I think it's fair to give it a chance until you do feel something either, either way. way. Yeah. But as soon as you do feel that something either way, you need to go with that feeling, yeah. that gut feeling yeah. of, oh yeah, I'm really into this, or oh, no, this isn't, I, yeah. just, I just know in my bones, I can't necessarily put my finger on it. But he's it's not, the, Yeah, he's yeah. not done anything wrong. Yeah. I just, it's just not going to, we're just not going to mesh, not gonna like work. it's just yeah. not going to work. So... It, don't ignore that feeling like yeah. is what I'd say but yeah so in this instance she is feeling that negative feeling yeah so I think Renee's right with it, yeah. yeah so so that was titles after Renee's like you must dump him mm. so straight after titles we're in the office and Elaine and Ali are walking through the office um and Elaine's like 
chastising Ali about something to do with... Um, well, basically, she says, when Richard hired you, he expected you to bill 200 hours a month, and under that yardstick, you've been a disappointment. And I really love these little insights into the firm's workings, because I'm like, oh, that's interesting, 200 hours a month, that's like... Um, you know, an interesting, like, yeah. that's their, like, barometer of what's good. Because I'm just like, how do they run Cajun Shift? Cajun Shift. Cajun Fish. Like, I'd love to see their spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> see, I'm like, this scene, I was like, what the fuck, Elaine? Like, who, stay in your lane. Like, you are her secretary. You're not her boss. You're not her. Well, maybe she's trying to make it so that she can meet that goal. But I just like, like just why you, you to need do that? to like, well, sure. I mean, maybe Richard's told him to have a word, uh, told her to have a word to Ali. I don't know. I don't believe that that would happen. That's so weird. Well, I just enjoyed it to be like, oh, so, okay, that's the target they've set Ali. I, I was just like, Elaine, you are not the person to be having this conversation with Ali. It's not your place. Okay. Well, I enjoyed it. Um, and then <laughs> Elaine, uh, Ali um, responds to this by saying, thank you, Elaine. Yeah, um, fair enough. And then John comes up and uh, to speak to Ali. And she and Ali sort of gets like, oh, hey, John. Um, and, like, and the dumper it starts. Um, but before she can get much further, um, Richard's basically ushering them into the weekly meeting. Like, come on, come on, come on. Into the conference room, yeah. So they, they get into their weekly meeting. And Richard starts by saying that Delta Hughes wants to retain us to sue Burger King, claims this crispier french fry was all her idea. And Billy's like, her idea? And Richard's like, she wrote them saying their fries should be more crispy. And John's like really snappish. He goes, that's just stupid, Richard. Speed Speed it up. (laughs) Next. And there's like... And Richard kind of looks at him like, huh. (laughs) Yeah, he's a bit like, I wrote, wrote, there's like a pause. And I wrote that Richard is like, oh. John. Yeah, like, yeah, it's weird. very, like, it's, it's really, all like, what? He's like in a bad mood. Yeah. And that's like rare. Um, and Richard's like, okay, well, next, um, Seymour Little, not Stuart Little. Yeah. Seymour <laughs> Butts, which was the other thing Seymour <laughs> <laughs> Little, the artist. Um, and before you can get much more, much further, Ali interrupts him because she's like, wait, the Seymour Little? So we're like, okay, this is obviously a well-known fictitious person. That yes, made up, yeah. But in the universe of Ali McBeal, he's well-known. Um, and Richard's like, yes, he's an artist. And Ali's like, oh my God, I majored in art history and I get to meet Seymour C- Little? This, this is amazing. And R- Richard's like, well, you don't just get to meet him, you can represent him. Because he, he his, wants to get married. His son doesn't, wasn't, doesn't want to let him get married. Yeah. Um, and Ali's like, what do you mean you won't let him get married? And Apparently, he was deemed mentally incompetent two years ago. Um, and then Richard says, evidently, he's a bit of a cracker. But since we represent the cracker, we won't be taking that position. <laughs> and I just, um, this is, I have to say, although that's a funny line, this is the second episode, because he did it last episode as well, where Richard has said cracker to describe people with mental health issues. And I'm not, it's not enough for me to throw an objection in there, but I I do I would like to give him a stern look because I do not <laughs> enjoy the use of the word cracker. A good hard stare. Yeah. <laughs> a Paddington bear stare. Yeah, exactly. I just I'm just a bit like, no, Richard, don't no. don't say cracker. That's yeah. not that's not a nice term no. to use for someone who's got mental health problems. No, that is true. That is true. So he wants to marry his son, thinks the woman's actually after his money. And um, then John goes, oh, balls, move on. Yeah, every, 
everyone turns around and looks and it's like what <laughs> up with John so then that scene ends and then we see Richard and John having like this like sidebar after the meeting in John's office yeah and Richard is having a go at him because he's like I don't care what's bothering you but that kind of disrespect is unacceptable and, uh, and while he's talking about that John picks up like a toy and Richard just snatches it off because <laughs> yeah, he you know John's got lots of office yes, best toys like in his, little in his gadget office. things yeah and John's like I'm sorry and Richard's like you should be <laughs> he's like okay bygones and then he's like yeah he changes his tone and it's like bygones and then John says I feel a waffle and Richard's like a what <laughs> and John's like a waffle She's, She's retreating. retreating. And Richard's like, what are you talking about? And John's like, Ali, something's occasioned Ali's recalcitrance. Um, and Richard, so this might be, I guess this is John explaining why he's in a bad mood. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, yeah, I don't know. But Richard asks him if he's kissed her yet. And John says, not really. And then Richard says, no kiss by the second date means you're gay. And then John says, I don't want to seem a predator. And then Richard says, feminism, autonomy, gender equality. Women want to be taken. And this is where I throw in my like, yeah, because I'm like, how do men find it so hard to get their heads around this? Like, it's quite timely as well, because if you think about Me Too and the Me Too movement and the fact that there was this backlash with men being like, what am I even supposed to do with women anymore? I can't even say anything to them. And I'm like, you can say things to them. You just don't be a dick. Like, There's literally like, I was sat in my office the other day and there were two men in the middle-aged men in the staff. White men? Uh, Yes. Like, uh, literally my favourite demographic. (laughs) Like, sat in, like, the staff corner, like, um, talking about how they couldn't compliment women anymore. Oh! uh, I could not stop myself from being like... I was was literally, like, headphones in, watch Netflix. (laughs) It's awful! But it's like... John's like, oh, I can't do anything because I'll be deemed a predator. And I'm like, there's a way of respectfully approaching a woman and making her, and flirting with a woman in a way that doesn't impede on her, you know, personal space, her boundaries. Like, It's completely, I think, the thing is, this is complicated by the fact that he is her boss. Yes. Like, and so there is an inappropriateness here, like, fundamentally. Yeah. So, yeah, this this whole, you know, non-relationship but looking to date relationship is kind of inappropriate anyway. Yeah. But then Richard's being like, women... Because the next thing... Because after he says, women want to be taken, John's like, they do. And Richard's like, don't do anything against her consent. And I'm like, thanks oh, for pointing that cheers. out, Richard. <laughs> but you must be aggressive. And I'm like, must you? Like, you are the man. And John goes, that logic disconcerts me. And Richard goes, grab her hand sometimes, squeeze her neck and the back. It's half massage, half you belong to me. Sometimes hold them by the shoulders. They need to feel dominated. Even when they say they don't, and for God's sake, kiss her. And this is, at this point, Georgia is coming into the office. Because Richard's kind of doing all of it as he's describing. Like, doing it to John. Yeah, when he says, like, grab her by the neck, like, he He does it to John. John. Like, and he's like, the body talks, you're mine, you feel my dominion, you want to surrender to it. And Georgia, like you say, is Georgia's walked like, in halfway through this. And it's like, <laughs> uh, maybe I should go. 
And but then then he goes, off you go. And then John, as he walks out, goes, Hi Georgia. And Georgia's like, John. John? <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny. Um I just I just don't understand how men struggle with this. I just don't get it. Yeah, just basic. How to respect. approach women. Yeah. And and this like feeling that women like the only way you can get a woman is to dominate her and make her feel yeah. like you know, you're mine, and I'm like, no, that's, like, uh, let's do a straw poll of all women, I'm pretty sure that's not actually what they want. <laughs> Certainly not at the very, very beginning. beginning. Yeah. Like, I think, uh, like, women love passion. Oh, yeah, for sure. But... Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sign <laughs> me up. Like, yeah, passion, and that kind of stuff but that comes later yeah like when you are You've established your relationship a little bit yeah like because right I'm now i'm talking like that long yeah like at the beginning of dating someone when you've kind of established some consent around you know what you what are and aren't comfortable with yeah like yeah great to be grabbed yeah in but... a, not i don't mean like <laughs> <laughs> do you know what i mean like but great to be like you know feel like they want to like passionate with you about and, you yeah yeah, yeah. But, i think but yeah at the moment they're in this very gray area they have not, not established yeah. anything concrete at all john should not be making those kind of moves at this moment no. like this is so richard is giving him terrible advice i mean big, big shock there <laughs> yeah i mean i'm just like I mean, the whole thing, like you say, like, oh, all that stuff, feminism, autonomy, gender equality, women don't really want that. It's like, they want to be taken. It's like, like yeah. how about we want that and we'd like some passion as well when it's appropriate? How is like, that? Like, why is that a difficult, difficult concept? Yeah, I don't understand how that's difficult. <laughs> yeah. Like, if they just put ourselves, put themselves in our shoes, it's mm. exactly the same. Like, they wouldn't like to be just grabbed if they didn't know anyone. Yeah. But... If you get to know someone, yeah, I'm sure they'd love it. Yes, you know? yeah, yeah. It's like really, it's really not that obvious. <laughs> anyway, the next scene after John passes Georgia is um, Ali is rushing up to Elaine, all excited because um, Seymour Little's in her office and she's sort of like, "Is he in there?" And yes. Elaine's like, "Yes," with his uh, bride to be. Um, and she's like, "I'd call her a tramp if I were one to judge." <laughs> And I was like, no. <laughs> and Ali says, yes, were you one? <laughs> um, and she goes into her office yes. um, and she's like, oh my God, Mr. Little, I'm, this is such an honour. I'm such a fan of your work, like really like fawning over him. Yeah. And Seymour Little goes, who cares? Send in the lawyer. <laughs> he's like, send in the lawyer, will you? And she's like, uh, I am the lawyer. And, then and he's he said, like, dressed like that. And his like, wife-to-be is like, Seymour. But he goes, look at her skirt. Tell your boss I want pants. I'm throwing a penis. Men make the best lawyers. And he's just like, oh and my I'm like, God. Ugh. And he goes, that, does that make me a chauvinist? And it's like, yes. yes but then <laughs> Richard comes in and Richard's like, how's it going? And Ali's like, he wants a penis. <laughs> She's like, he wants a penis. <laughs> and Seymour says, no real lawyer wears a skirt like that. I want pants. Yeah. And, and is this the first time that they've brought up what Ali wears? I can't remember. Because I know this becomes a thing in other episodes I think as well. it is probably the most obvious. What's it? The most, it, yeah, it's the most explicit a character has been. About, about what she, about what, what she is wearing, yeah. Yeah, so it's just, I know this becomes a thing, like, yeah, in future that she episodes, gets commented like a, a trope, on. and yeah. I don't know if that's because, 
it can't have been. They would have filmed all of this before the show aired, surely. I'm not sure what their filming schedule was, but I know there was a lot of backlash in the media about Ali's short skirts and a lot of commentary on, you know, is this the death of feminism because she wears short skirts? What? You know what I mean? Like, uh. like, I don't know. But I'm not sure if that was tied to feminism, actually. But um, the there was a lot of, you know, her wardrobe in the office was a known kind of trope of the show. Yes. And there was a lot written about it and how appropriate it was. Right. Um, and I wonder if, they wrote it, started writing it explicitly into the show and making a thing of it in a reaction to, to the, the like general public yes. reaction, or whether they kind of Foresaw did that. that anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, but, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, go on. Anyway, so yeah, Seymour's like, I want pants. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Richard goes, you will not insult my attorneys. And then as a like sotto voce to Ali, he's like, change your clothes. <laughs> yeah. And then he's he like, goes, she's, she's an excellent lawyer. Go, go, go. <laughs> and Ali, bless her, is like, no, you want me, you take me the way I'm dressed. And that's when Billy walks in and he's like, Billy, fucking Billy, walks in going, what's the matter? And Richard's like, oh, great, pants, penis, co-cancel, done. <laughs> and that's when Ali's like, sort of runs after him going, Richard, um, maybe we should just let Billy. And before she can finish her sentence, she bumps into John. Mm. And um, once she's done that, Richard just walks off. He doesn't like follow up with her. Um, and that's when John... Um, is like she's like hi John what's up and John's like well and then he just puts both hands on her shoulders and says dinner tomorrow night eight we'll go right from here and Ali's like uh, looks sure. really weirded out um, and then John goes to leave but he doesn't remove his hands so yeah. he basically pulls her over well he ends up like sort of spinning around and almost sort of semi-dragging her with him for a moment. So not only has he, like, taken Richard's terrible advice, he's also executed it even more poorly really? than you could imagine. With so, no grace whatsoever. No. Uh, it made me laugh, but it is um, funny. Yes, yes. So um, we're so, back in the conference room. Yes. And... Um, Ali comes in, and the wife is talking. Well, Paula, the, the woman that wants to be... who wants to marry... Sorry, yeah, the fiance, little, not yeah. the wife. Yeah. Um, it's like, he uh, he has a legal guardian, so the court says that he has no capacity to consent to marriage. Yes. And Seymour goes, and my son won't give yeah. consent. The son is the marriage. legal guardian, yeah. yeah. Um, and they're explaining all of this to Billy. Um, so Billy is saying, look, I'm going to play devil's advocate. You're 60 years apart, and... <laughs> Seymour's like new math huh <laughs> and his fiance is like he's not incompetent and Ali joins in and says well why is he saying that you are and Seymour says he's trying to control me all I want to do is to get married and open a little gallery and he won't let me yeah so the next scene we've got Billy and Ali talking about the case in, in the unisex. unisex by the sinks yeah and Billy's convinced that she wants his money yeah and that's why she wants to marry him and Ali say they don't look like a perfect match you know them having sex and I'm like so judgy I know I've, I've got the very same comment I've got very judgmental because they're just going I mean the two of them having sex like, yeah. like I know and I'm like you don't know what no. like, other people like in each other like fuck off and then Billy goes speaking of strange bedfellows you and John Cage and it's like again fuck off like. yeah and he's like I can't exactly see you two and Ali's like because he's odd like I like odd yeah 
And then they hear a flush, and Ali's like horrified. <laughs> and she goes to like look underneath. And again, oh, she, yeah, she goes on all fours, like, yeah. and sort of sticks her head underneath the cubicle yeah, door. To check. Yeah. And she's like, there's nobody in there. And then Billy joins her, and they're both on the like floor. on the floor, like trying to figure out what the hell's happened. And Billy's like, it's definitely came from that stall. And that's when John comes in, and they're on the floor still. And Ali's like, oh, hi, John. And John's like, hi, how's it going? And Ali's like, oh, well, we're on the floor because we have a toilet flush. And John's like, yeah, I flushed it. And they're like, what? And it flushes again. And she's like, you have a remote toilet flusher? (laughs) And John says, sometimes people forget to flush. Other times there are residual remnants. I like a fresh bowl. And I was like, (laughs) me too. I want one of those. Because one of my biggest bugbears is Uh. when you go in a toilet and it's not like, as you would expect to find Well, it. I just don't understand, like, leave... Uh, I, I, oh, just, yeah, it no. Really, I really, really upsets me. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, John, this is the best Genius. invention. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and Billy's like, oh, why don't you just flush it by hand when you get in there? And John's like, my regularity is easily thrown. Unclean bowls trouble me. And I was like, me too! I would not be, like, more with John at this moment. <laughs> So, yeah, basically John's a genius, yeah. as we knew, but, like, even more so. Um, so he excuses himself and goes into his stall. So the next scene we have is we're in the meeting room again with the son of Seymour Little. Billy and Ali have met with him. Mm-hmm. And he's explaining himself. Um, and he's saying he's... <laughs> he says... He's incompetent to make daily decisions which affect his life. And Billy's like, we don't have to begin on a hostile note. <laughs> and the son says, but you're accusing me of mistreating my father. You know, I'm, of course I'm going to be Taking defensive. that personally, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he's saying he can't run his own affairs. He still talks to my mother and she has been dead for seven years. And Ali's saying, well, that doesn't mean that he's incompetent. Lots of people talk to the dead. And the son's like, yeah, but they don't answer. She answers. She asked for a boat and he bought her a $300,000 yacht. And Ali's like, well, what's the problem with him him marrying if that's what's going to make him happy? And the son says, yeah, I would love for him to move on, but he is not moving past my mother's death. Like, he's not over that. Yeah. And Billy's saying, well, why does he want to marry this girl then if that's not if that's not the case? And the son's like, I don't know, but I know he doesn't love her. And Ali's like, well, what makes you so sure? And he's like, I know my father. There are some who meet that somebody that they can never stop loving. And my father met that somebody. And I wouldn't expect you to understand or believe it, but there are some loves that just don't go away. <laughs> and, and Ali and Billy, Billy like look at each other really awkwardly and suddenly there's like a gif moment where the desk that they're sat at is turned into an elephant that then does a handstand and it's like oh the elephant yeah, in, in the, the room, room. Yeah. <laughs> which I enjoyed that moment it was yes, quite funny yes. and so then we're at a meeting with Seymour Little so they're just bouncing from meeting to meeting yeah. right I can't are these they must be on the same day, but in different rooms. I can't yeah. remember if they were the same room or not. But yeah. otherwise, like people are gonna have to be like in and out doing the hokey cokey. Like, <laughs> okay, now you, now you, Seymour, now you, the son. Anyway, so they're talking with Seymour about what his son has told them, and Ali's telling him that the judge might view you talking with a dead person as mental unfitness, and Seymour's like. He's quite a crotchety man, isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah, like, he's if we were together 56 years, if I want to talk to her, I'll do it. And if she wants to talk back, that's her privilege. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, you've never known a once in a lifetime not love. 
Um, and Ali says, I pray not. And Billy says, well, the other problem is we're also faced with undue influence, meaning the fiancé. It's going to look like you're after his money. And Ali says, we can go to court if you want to. That's your decision but this could be really terribly painful and then Seymour says lean forward skirtless <laughs> and, I was like, and he says my wife died my son had me declared incompetent what kind of pain do you have that I don't already know about um yeah. so he's kind of like I don't care Bring it. yeah 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 um so then we have Vonda singing more of since I've fell for you whilst um Richard walks through the office and spies on John in the on the balcony, and he kind of have his has his like fingers to his um temples he's in like the library on the library look. like mezzanine yeah. there, um, and he has his fingers to his temples. Yes, um, and Richard comes up to him and asks him if he's depressed. He's like, "You're right." <laughs> he's like, "I know that you do that that move to like fight despair." And John says, "Well, I also do it for focus." hypothalamus isometrics it's really into bloody <laughs> really isometrics, into isometrics. Um, and he likes to stretch them before a date before a date he stretches uh, courtship neurons he says. <laughs> <laughs> and Richard asks him if he's ready and then we hear the bells but then the track kind of distorts a bit as yeah. though it's got stuck because John looks a bit unsure and, and, and they start to sort of wobble yeah and then they stop <laughs> yeah and Richard's like what's the matter and John's this is what John's been worrying about yeah. he's a poor kisser apparently and he secretes excess saliva which, which sounds like, yeah. delicious <laughs> John says it could save my life in the desert but on a date it's debilitating <laughs> sometimes it and then he kind of minds dribble dribbling down the side of his mouth and I was like Um, and he's (laughs) kind of deciding what to do about this like what strategy he should take because he's like I could give her a peck but when Chaney did that she was offended and Richard again gives him Uh, some thrashing advice uh, he's saying (laughs) advice (laughs) terrible advice he's saying talk to Billy and he's like Billy and he's like well Billy grew up kissing Ali he would know what she's like in the mouth and I was like don't say in the mouth Richard (laughs) (laughs) it's just terrible advice yeah why would you do that why would you do that so not only I just I'm just take out the whole work context anyway and you that is still terrible go advice. Go to an ex-boyfriend and be like, so how should I kiss your ex-girlfriend? Yeah, like, what the fuck are you thinking? I don't know. Terrible advice. Anyway, right. next scene, we've got Boyle! Boyle yes. is the judge in yes. this case. So Boyle says, why did you buy a boat? And Billy answers saying, well, jo- Joe DiMaggio bought Marion flowers every day for 30 years after her death. And we called that romantic. And Boyle's like, yes, but he bought a boat. <laughs> Um, and that's when the opposing counsel steps up and is like, look, there's a slew of evidence that he can't manage his own affairs. And that's where Boyle's like, step up here, Mr. Little. And Ali's voiceover goes, oh, oh God. God. <laughs> uh, like, she can see where this is going. And obviously, Judge Boyle is like, let me see your teeth. And so... Seymour takes his teeth out of his mouth because they're false teeth. And Boyle, like, picks them up and inspects oh. them and looks annoyed. <laughs> And then he throws them down and he's like, I want a full hearing. <laughs> <laughs> Such it's a 
horrible. Weird, weird touch. Yeah, anyway. So then we're in the court corridor, like outside, Mm -hmm. and the fiancé's saying, you know, what does that mean? And Ali's like, Seymour will have to take the stand. And then she's like, Paula, what is the deal? Um, you know, I know you're an art student and you probably admire him, but I'm smelling a rat in the wedding cake and I think that is you. So she's like trying to cut to the chase. Yeah. And she's like, you think I'm after his money, but the prenup says that I get nothing. Um, and Ali's like, but that doesn't stop him giving you everything while he's alive. And then <laughs> Paula says, Ali, may I call you Ali? And I'm like, what else are you going to call? <laughs> and she's like, your job is to give him what he wants. And Ali's like, no, it's to protect his interests. And she and Paula then says, we'll figure out his interests and, and protect, protect them. them. So that's like a some sort of hint or like clue as yeah. to what might be going on here. Because nothing's quite... There's something going on, clearly. Yeah, there, to, there, we're not getting it the whole all story. Add up. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Ali's like, huh, okay. So then the next scene, John knocks on Billy's door because he's obviously decided again to take Richard's advice here. Ugh. And yes. he comes in. Well, he goes to knock on the door and misses it first. <laughs> yes. and, then, and then he's like, oh. the door's ajar. Yeah. And he goes to knock where there's in no the gap. Door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did notice that, yeah. Um, so he comes in and he says, I'm on the precipice of a date with Ali. And Billy's like, and? And he's like, well. I'm fraught with anxiety. <laughs> he says, should I endeavour to kiss her? According to Cosmopolitan magazine, <laughs> lol that he reads Cosmopolitan magazine, um, women draw conclusions about a man as a lover by how he kisses. And I'm not saying I agree, being prone to high saliva secretions, I'm fraught. And Billy looks very <laughs> uncomfortable with this conversation. Yeah, he's like, you've come here to ask me how to kiss Ali. And John's like, I'm sorry, or I apologise. And Billy's like... As senior partner, you well, shouldn't... hang on, hang on, because as John goes, oh, I'm sorry. Georgia arrives at the door, and she arrives like about to talk to Billy. She's clearly yeah. come in about to talk to Billy, but yeah. stops when she sees that John and Billy are yes. having this conversation. Yes. And then she hears Billy go. Yes. The truth is, John, as a senior partner, it doesn't make a lot of sense for you to be dating associates. And John says, I'd only planned to date one, but I appreciate your <laughs> And, and then, then he leaves. leaves. And says hi to Georgia as he goes out. Yeah. And then Georgia comes in and she's like, well, you seemed a little miffed. And Billy's like, he's a founding partner, like on his high horse. Yeah. And she's an associate. And I'm like, ah, Billy... There's just, like, a lot of looks between yeah, Georgia and Yeah, because it's that like, thing of, like, he's clearly acting like he's morally just outraged by the principle of it. Mm. And it's clearly not that that he's outraged by. And obviously, Georgia's not an idiot. Yeah. She knows that that is not what he's outraged by. Yeah. Um, so she is not convinced. I'm that, not convinced. Yeah, I'm no. never convinced about Billy. Anyway, so the next scene, we're back in the conference room and the son is uh, talking to uh, Billy. It's the son and the... Ali and Billy are in the room and so's the wife. Uh, yes. Not the wife, Paula. Paula, the fiancé. I keep saying wife, but it's not. It's not. Wife. <laughs> um, but, uh, is Seymour in there? I don't think he is. Or is he? He might... No, I don't think he is. No, he's not. Um, because the son says, I haven't come here with a lawyer. I've come here with an offer to say my father's estate is worth a little over 800 
thousand dollars I will sign it over if you walk away because I don't want to put him through this court case and Billy's like well we don't represent her we, we represent, represent your Seymour. dad so and and Paula says well I have a counter offer you can keep all of his money except provide living expenses but in exchange you take away your guardianship and you let us marry I only get him and the son's like, I oh, won't yeah. let you hurt him. And Paula says, well, I won't let you. And Ali and Billy just look confused. They're very confused. They're like, there's yeah. something we don't understand here. Like, what is the crux something. of this, yeah. this dispute between them? So we have the, a new scene, which is Billy and Ali in the conference room, like, much later, because they're eating Chinese food and they're clearly trying it's to figure out at what night, the fuck yeah, is going on. office. Um, and Billy is going, am I the only one who doesn't have a clue? And I and wrote, I, yes, yes, <laughs> so much yes. I wrote, usually. <laughs> I was like, this is the truest words you've ever spoken, Billy. Can we please put them on a t-shirt oh, and make dear. you wear them? <laughs> so, <laughs> so Ali <laughs> goes, she can't be a gold digger. She's willing to give up his whole estate. And what he, are we missing? Yeah, what are we missing? And Billy's like, maybe they do love each other. I mean, this love, uh, this one love forever thing, that's silly. Somebody else is always going to come along. And Ali says, somebody did. And then there's like, looks, awkward pause. Awkward looks. And then she's like, Paula. And he's like, oh yeah, Paula, yeah. And sure. then Ali goes, do you believe what his son said? That some people meet somebody who they never stop loving? And there's like looks. I've just got looks. And Billy goes, <laughs> uh, well, it's been known to happen. And Ali's like, yeah, it's been known to happen. And I'm just like, why are you asking him this question? Like, stop it. Stop this! Stop no! it! <laughs> I did not enjoy this scene. No, I'm just like, why do you need to ask him this? Like, like you... I don't... Like, we've been having a go at Billy a lot for like yeah. being always being the one that starts this kind of train of thought happening but here yeah. Ali's doing yeah it. Ali's like do you think sometimes am I that person for you you'll never stop loving like and then Ali, tell me they, like, they have oh. these like looks after uh. that exchange and then Ali says every time we get by this something comes along to tear the lid off and then Billy says and I've got a note that says finally it's not right to talk about a thing that I can't talk about with Georgia and I can't talk about this. And I'm like, yeah, great. Finally, Billy oh, yeah, said like, the right thing it's for the taken first time. 15 episodes, but well done. And he's like, it's just the case that's affecting us. And Ali's like, yeah, it's the case. And she like sips her beer and they're like, yeah, fine. We're just going through a stage. And, and Billy's like, we're making good progress. And he like takes the beer <laughs> off of Ali. And Ali's like, yeah, mostly. I don't even think about you. And they're like, let's get over our case. And then they're like, Go over <laughs> tomorrow. The case, and Billy's like, "You take him, I'll take the son, and you know, let's go over the evidence." And you know, and then and then the kind of scene fades out. They're like, Billy and Ali are obviously talking about the case and like They're working still on the working, case. yeah. But the scene kind of fades out to Vonda singing, "You belong to me." Ugh. So, and then the scene kind of whilst the singing is going on, yeah. the scene melts into Georgia. And she's at home reading in bed alone. In some looks... blue satin pyjamas, which I'm like, pyjamas. <laughs> P dot I was going to say PJs, but then I changed my mind. Halfway <laughs> through, pyjamas. Esquire. <laughs> she's in some blue satin 
satin pajamas and yeah. they're very But she looks really cute. annoyed because she clearly knows where Billy is and that he's having to work with Ali on Late. this case. Yeah. And then it fades back to some... Well she kinda looks sad, like she's sort of sat in bed reading a book and like you see her look at her wedding finger. No, no, that's late that's so the first bit. She's reading oh, okay. a book and she kinda looks sad but also like irritated like because she knows where she is she's trying to like let to get let it get to her yes, but she's yeah. like trying to read this book and be like this is all totally fine but yes, it's not yeah um and then the scene kind of swings back to ali and billy like laughing as they're working and ali drops a pen and they're like all the time vonda singing you belong to me and then it swings back to georgia and georgia looks sad and then she kind of looks she knows what's going on and she kind of looks at her ring and yeah, it's like, finger, things yeah. aren't right. It's what you, you get the vibe that Georgia's like, she knows things aren't right. She doesn't, she's not sure what she can do about it. She's well, just, I think it's that thing of like, because you see her kind of shake her head a little bit and just kind of try and go back to reading her book. Yeah. Like, so I think it's that thing of like, she is paranoid for good reason. Yeah. Well, she's not um, an idiot. No, be, yeah, exactly. And she knows that Billy is working late with, with Ali. Ali. But she's trying not to think about it. She's yeah. trying to be like, it's no, right. I trust my husband. Yeah. I trust my husband. But so I, I cannot sit here and stress about this. But I think she doesn't actually. No, no. She, she's trying to, to convince herself, herself it, that yeah. she is. Yeah. For good reason. Oh, she doesn't trust Georgia. him. Georgia. I know. Oh. Anyway, so after that, next morning we get a scene with Renee and Ali at home. And Renee's like, nothing happened. And Ali's like, of course not. He's married. I like his wife and I gave up adultery for them. <laughs> and Renee's like, but you're upset about something. And Ali's like, Ali even, is like, because I feel myself falling back. And Renee. Renee says the if best you, line of the entire episode. She goes, Ali, if you as so much as touch that man, I will break your skinny little knees. Yes! And I'm like, yes! <laughs> that is the line of the episode. In fact, it's yes. the line of the entire series. Yeah. We will break your skinny little knees. <laughs> and Ali says, famous last words I won't what do you think I am and Renee's like for all I know that damn Uga chucker will come out again and you'll be on the floor with him and uh, Ali's like I will not I'm just admitting a relapse I just need and then the scene cuts cut to, to the to, judges chambers um, Boyle's there yeah they're in Boyle's chambers and Ali McBeal Ali McBeal of course <laughs> Ali and Billy and the opposing counsel are all in there and Boyle's saying a protective order, which yeah, is like so finishes off Ali's sentence. sentence yeah. Yeah. And the opposing counsel says, this doesn't have to be public. It could cause embarrassment. And Boyle's saying, we have uh, no, no objection, objection to sealing the room. Judge. And Boyle's like, fine, done. And he was like, this man is somebody... <laughs> he says, this man is somebody I've looked up to. Besides Picasso, he's one of my favourites. And Ali's like, Picasso? <laughs> like her voice over. It's very funny. I really love it. I love it. See, this is what I love about Judge Boyle. He's so fucking weird and it's so funny. Picasso. <laughs> When he said it, I thought it might be like uh, last episode where Richard said touche instead of touche. I thought it might be just that the actor mispronounced it and like they would, weren't going to say anything about it. But then Ali's voiceover picks up on it and goes, 
say do you believe that this is legit and and billy's like well we don't have any cause to doubt her sincerity since money isn't a motive and boyle's like okay well then let's go so then we're outside the courtroom and billy oh billy i just did not enjoy this scene <laughs> billy says um oh they're like God, having a little yeah. sidebar outside yeah, the courtroom and yeah. billy's like coaching ali on what to do he's like use the velvet glove don't Ugh. provoke <laughs> <laughs> don't provoke keep it gentle keep it soft and then there's it, everything suddenly goes really sexy like they're in a little uh, nook in yeah. the corridor of the courtroom so it's just they're very close together and they're looking at each other like intensely and he's like keep it gentle keep it soft like and Ali's like what are you doing and Billy's like something I've got to do just once because he takes her face in his hands yes and then kisses her like this really long tender kiss. like kiss and i remember when i first watched this because this is the first time we see them kiss yes in current time yeah in this show yeah and I when i first watched this i was like yes oh my yeah. god this is what i've been wanting like billy and ali forever like, this is great like all the tension that's been building yes. up for the last episodes is released at this moment but this time i was like stop <laughs> in the unisex mirror and he starts dancing and I've just got it is wonderful <laughs> <laughs> it is something magic about John Cage and Barry White oh, it's I don't know who beautiful. came up with because I don't think it would have had I can't think of a better uh, singer for or artist for him to have channeled for his yes. like romantic persona persona through um, it's just 
magic. It's mm. just magic, and I, it's just such a clever choice by the by the yes. writers. Yeah, completely, completely. Um, but it just works. It just works so well. It's yeah, so in a, in the most unexpected way. Yeah, it works so well. Yeah. So we just that, see him dance. We, so yeah, that, and it. it's just wonderful. <laughs> it's lovely little dance moves. Yes. And then, so the next scene we're in court and Ali is questioning Seymour and she's kind of asking about his memory loss and uh, she's like, well, you know, aside from the memory loss, your son. And Seymour's like, I remember him. <laughs> <laughs> and Ali's like, do you love him? Um, he like, goes, like a son. <laughs> And he says, but do you question his motives? And Seymour's like, well, in his mind, I know he's protecting me because at some point the child becomes the parent. But like the parent, he can victimise with good intentions and fear. And then Boyles jumps in and says, why does it have to be such a big boat? It's a big, big boat. (laughs) And Ali like kind of rolls her eyes like a stupid old man getting fixated on the big boat. The big, big boat. Uh, yeah. I've just got a note also being like, I love him. <laughs> like, yeah. I do then, love Judge Boyle. Well, he has another great moment in a minute because the female says, Your Honour, sometimes when a person ages, there's a certain point where they're not there mentally. And Boyle says, Yes. And then Seymour goes, Are you one of those people? <laughs> <laughs> Boyle says, Don't you be triggering me. And Annie's voice over goes, Be trickery. <laughs> Um, and then Seymour finishes by saying, look, Paula makes me happy. I'm old. I'm lonely. And I'm like, you're grumpy. <laughs> and he's like, why do I have to come into court to ask for her company? And um, he does get quite upset yeah, when he sort he of says that upset. last sort of line. Because this is the thing about ageing. It's like so much of what you used to take for granted in terms of agency and like autonomy yeah. just gets gradually stripped away from yeah. you and it must be so frustrating yeah especially if you're uh, aging and your kind of process is slow and a yeah. slow decline yeah. it's like uh, i don't know it's just awful it's just and it's awful to watch people you love go through it as well mm, because completely. you want to maintain that agency as long as possible and that independence but, but at the same time the agency you have to balance it with the safety exactly it's so and difficult it, it is horrible yeah so anyway the next scene john's still dancing to very white in the in unisex, unisex. <laughs> um, yeah. and then suddenly richard comes out of a stall because he's been there all along <laughs> yeah. and, and the record kind of scratches like <laughs> Yeah, and, um, and John has spotted Richard and has stopped, and he just goes, I won't stand to be disparaged. <laughs> Richard's like, what are you doing? And John's like, I'm preparing myself rhythmically. <laughs> um, and Richard's like, did Billy help with the kissing? And John was like, it might be best not to kiss her. And Richard's like, wrong, you have to get in there. And John says, I don't want to goo her. And I was like, and then Elaine walks in, oh, and, and Richard's like, Elaine, excellent, you probably grew up kissing everybody, right? And Elaine's like, no. Actually, no. <laughs> I was a giver. Even on first dates, boys would do- go directly to second base, and I've got a note that says, of course. <laughs> but she said she's a good kisser, and Richard's asking her to basically coach John, but um, he says, if a guy has too much saliva, and Elaine's got her back to them, and oh, she, she says, oh, the worst. And then she turns around and sees John looks John. really embarrassed. And Richard's like behind it's not, John, it's not making too bad, eyes is it? at Elaine. It's not too like, bad. No, no. And she realizes it. She's like, oh no, some 
girls like the slobber. And she's like, anyway, it's really easy to fix. Um, because when kissing becomes really sensual, sometimes you suck the other's tongue like a vacuum. You can even swallow oh. some of your saliva, <laughs> even some of hers. She'll just think it's an incredibly erotic kiss. And then she's John's like, like, you suck on it. And she's like, can, can I, I show, show you? you? And she grabs oh. him by the tie and starts kissing him. And it's this horrible it sucking really... noise. Like a, it's like a Hoover. Oh. Like it's like what? What's, what's really <laughs> funny? It's Richard is like proper watching. He like proper like gets up close to them kissing. He's like, ooh, like a Guinness <laughs> World Record like moderator. <laughs> like, Do you see any saliva come out? No. <laughs> it's just really. It looks like it looks like she's like. I would love to know how many takes this took because she looks like she's like plunging, like yeah. you know, like a toilet yeah, plunger. Yeah, yeah, like it's that like. motion. Yeah, like, exactly. it's really grim. <laughs> I'm trying to do an impression, and it's like it's like a pig eating out of a oh, It's really. <laughs> really gross but anyway. it, it, I just would have loved to know how they came up with that method and yeah. like how many takes that took I mean bravo Jane Krakowski and yes Peter completely completely <laughs> troopers absolute she, troopers she finishes and she sort of dabs the corner of her mouth like she's, she's like, eating something you see you secreted but I swallowed no slobber and I'm like I'm gonna I feel ill oh, John, look, John looks traumatised he looks he's really like, traumatised he says I need ice <laughs> It's like, you know, have you seen those like lip plumper kits that basically are like plunging yes, into your lips? Yes. That's basically what she's done to it. But it's tough, so right? Oh, it's so grim. Yeah. Uh, anyway, okay. so after that, a trauma. Okay. <laughs> the next scene is back in court, and Boyle um, is granting permission to the son to say um, that he can ask, ask his dad on the stand a few questions. He's like, it's irregular, but I'll let that happen. And the son says, why do you say that you love her? And Seymour's like, Seymour is like, maybe because I do. And the son's like, but you're not over mum yet. You won't visit her grave. You're not admitting that she's gone. And Seymour gets really upset. And he's like, I don't have to be told that she's gone. And the son goes, doesn't this demean your marriage to mum? You know, you said you would always cherish her and this isn't cherishing her, is it? And so that's where Seymour snaps and he gets really angry and he says, you shut your mouth. Yeah, so, yeah, the, sa the son goes, you said you would never let her go. You said you would always cherish, and, uh, cherish her and her memory. This isn't cherishing her, is it? And I, uh, I this is my... Objection! So oh. the bit where he goes... Uh, so that bit and the bit where he goes, doesn't this demean your marriage to mum? Because I just think that is an inherently terrible thing to say to a person that has lost their spouse mm. or their life partner. Like, I just think, no, marrying again does not inherently... Tarnish. Yeah, tarnish had. what you had Cheapen before. You no, had. it doesn't. Yeah. doesn't dilute that. And that is a really unfair 
cruel thing to say an untrue thing to say yeah to someone who is looking to remarry after their their partner has died it's yeah like not, i just not, think not nice that was a really horrible horrible thing to say yeah and, and untrue really untrue and it is and it is a stigma that that people do worry about when they do lose their partner and they meet someone new, they worry about how it's going to look that they and are now with someone new. It's, it's, and it's, it's like, very damaging because you, what you're supposed to do, live your life in constantly in yeah, mourning. Yeah. Like bloody Queen Victoria. Yeah. Like, like no, no, you've got to, you are allowed to I go on and live your life. Who weren't necessarily married, but they were engaged or in committed relationships quite young in life, and their significant... I know of two people that this has happened to, and their significant others have been killed very young, oh, like God. in their teens and in their early 20s. Yeah. This is two different people. And what are they supposed to do? Yeah. Just like, just be never like, be with anyone else Yeah, because again. that would demean what they had with the person that died. It's of like, yeah, of not. course if that person was still alive, they would still be happily continue with, with yeah. their commitment to them yeah um but not necessarily i mean no. anything could have happened yeah. to mean that, that that relationship would break down you yeah. can't necessarily plan for everything but but just because that person's died it doesn't take anything away from the relationship that you had with them to no. like move on and find you can happiness still, elsewhere you can still like i mean i listened to a podcast called uh, terrible thanks for asking oh yeah and um the host of that show is a woman who was married to a guy had a child with a, a guy who got brain cancer and died yes. from it yeah and she has since got married again and had an, another child with her new husband and it's like and she she speaks about how hard that was and how because it wasn't like 10 years past and she found a new person. Yeah. It was sort of a couple of years after. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, how is this going to look? Are people going to think I didn't love my first husband? No. Because I'm now engaged to a new man and pregnant by a new man. And and it's just, and, and that guilt around it. You can't. And I just think as that person's, you know, his son turning around and being like, any marriage to anyone else now is demeaning to your first marriage with it's your an, wife. It's almost like he's it's saying it's insulting. Insult, yeah, yeah to, to your it's first marriage. Fair. And that is such a cruel thing to say. I really found that hard to hear. Well, he goes, um, he's after Seymour sort of chastises him and says, shut your mouth. He's like, I don't know what's going on here. It just doesn't seem like you. It doesn't seem right. And he goes, turns to go back to the table and then Seymour sort of talks back to him. Was it right for her to die? Was it right for the whole world to just end? For me to go on living in it? Sun still comes up. People still go about their lives like it was nothing. It's no tragedy when an elderly person dies. She didn't suffer, it was a blessing. There was no suffering. No suffering. Closing his eyes and crying. Um, and then the son says, you don't think we knew that you suffered. And so he just shouts. I want my gallery. I want to marry whoever I want. I'll buy any kind of boat that I want. And then he stops and he goes, huh? 
as though he's heard something mm. and he's obviously hearing his dead wife in yeah. his head and he's like oh I know I know sweetheart I know but it's how I get Gail I'm I'm sorry I'm sorry And he starts crying. He starts crying, and, and Ali just looks really, really oh, sad. It's, it's devastating. Like it's really sad. Yeah. To watch this man be so. But, but, but it's had to get to this stage where he. This is this is now open. He's having to justify what he wants in front of a court. I know yeah. it's a closed court, yeah. but it's still. You know why are you humiliating him in this way? It's really, yeah. There's no dignity in no. this process. Yeah. And. So I think Ali and Billy are just a bit like, what the hell is going on here yeah, that makes his son so fucking weird. want to put him through this? Like, yeah. what is he trying to stop from happening? Because yeah. it's not taking his money away. Like, what's he trying to protect him from? We don't get it. Yeah. So the next scene we have is Ali's office um, with his wife. And she's, like, trying to get to the bottom of this goddamn thing. Because she's like, I will ask you before, and I've asked you again... What is going on? Don't tell me how much you love him. Is this more about the art gallery? And this is where Paula's like, yes. All he wants to do is to open a little place and paint pictures of his wife, Gail. His son doesn't think he's capable. And Anne's like, but what's this got to do with you marrying him? And she's like, well, I would be named his guardian and I would let him open his shop. And Ali's like, is that what this is all about? Why like, for God's sake, us? why didn't you tell us? And she was like tell you it's a pretext and expect you to argue it. And Ali's like, would you profit from the sales? Is that what this is about? And she's like, no, I paint better than he does right now. He's not gonna, nobody's gonna wanna buy this stuff. And he, he just knows wants that? His, he just wants yeah. his gallery. And she's like, does his son know about this? She says, yes. She said, I don't think he knows that's what the marriage is about, but you know, that he does know that that's why he wants a gallery. And Ali's like, oh God, well I can't go back in there asking the judge to allow a, a sham, sham, basically. Yeah. But I can talk to his son. Yeah. So, she goes to have a meeting with the son. And she's trying to offer him no marriage, you can still be guardian, but he just, just let him have his gallery. gallery. And the son's like, no, I can't let him do that. And Billy's like, why not? Like, what's yeah, the problem? Why is, is this an such issue? an issue? And then we cut to a new scene, and they're at Seymour's studio, yeah. and the son is showing him, sh showing them what he's painting, and it's all pictures of Gail, yeah. like various different types of picture, but all day long they're just Gail, Gail, Gail. And Ali's like, well, these are pretty good. Like, there's not like they don't look to me. I mean, I'm no art critic, but they don't look bad. No, you no. know, they're fine. They're not like just splodges. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, you can tell that they're an impressionist version of, you know. Yeah. Um, it's like, well, these are good. What's the problem? And the son's like, he's the most important American impressionist. This is not the work of an icon. And he said, if these ever found their way onto the market, his legacy would be ruined. And Ali's like, so this is because you're worried about what people are going to say about him? And he's like, no, it's because my dad always used to pray to leave behind two things. His mother, my mother and his artistic legacy. Mum died and I couldn't help him with that, but I can protect his reputation and I will protect it. 
So they, that's the. So answer. this is the crux. This is yeah. It. This is it, Seymour just wants to paint his wife um, and open a little gallery of his paintings with his wife. Yeah, share it. And his son thinks if he does that, he will be the laughing stock of the art world and his sort of but legacy as an an art art. Uh, an artist icon yeah will be, uh, will be diminished risk. yeah but he doesn't just want that because he wants that he's trying to protect that because that's what he had said he wanted mm. before uh gail died mm. he'd said i just want her to go first and i want to, to leave a legacy. legacy yeah so he's doing it because he believes that's what he really wants yeah down that in his right mind, mind yeah this is what he wants so the next scene, Annie and Billy are coming out of the ele elevator back at the office and they're talking and he's like, he's trying to do what he says his father wants, but his father's saying he wants something else. And so they're just discussing what they should do about this. Yeah. Because obviously they represent Seymour. So they're yes. trying to do what Seymour's saying that he wants. And Billy's like, well, what if your dad wanted to practice law after he lost it? Would you step in? And Annie's like, I mean, I suppose. And Billy's like, we all think about our legacy. We just hope we know when to get out before we get hurt. And John pops up at the door. <laughs> and he's like, Ali, it's eight o'clock. Because remember, he had this whole shoulder-grabbing yes. invitation. <laughs> and Ali's clearly forgotten about it. Because Ali and Billy kind of turn around. And Ali's like, oh, yeah, right, yeah. John and I have a date. And Billy's like, great, have fun. And... See you tomorrow. And Ali's like, let's go. And then you hear Ali's voiceover being like, boring, narcissistic. And we're off. Because she's clearly like pep talking herself yeah. to be like really, really like a terrible date. But did you notice the way like Billy was like, great, have fun. Like yeah. really didn't mean it yeah. at no, all. Well, yeah, yeah. He's like, but hurt. Yeah, again. Again. <laughs> so then they start leaving the office and Ali is going on this like crazy diatribe about... I really wanted to do my hair, put a few spirals in, but I didn't have enough time to get any real spring. Usually I can get ready for a date quickly, just a little smudge plum on my cheeks. I like a stiff brush. It looks great. Especially when I can rim my eyelashes with a nice white pencil. I'm really concerned more with how I dress. I like a high waist and of course I can't bear not being symmetrical. She's like an on yeah, about what looks boring like. stuff. stuff yeah. that, and John, bless him, John's trying to look interested. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> interesting. Eye makeup. Um, so they did, she's talking whilst they A mile leave, a minute, yeah. Um, and getting into the elevator and George is looking at them from across the office thinking it's quite funny. She's kind of chuckling about it. And then she, um, Billy's looking after them from Annie's office where they've just been. Yeah. And he's looking a little sad. And then George is chuckling and then she looks across to see Billy looking at Ali with a looking sad, sad face yeah. and is like huh. oh. right so yeah I yeah mean, so she spotted that Billy is butthurt and when she's like you should be finding this funny like me yeah that Ali is is suddenly like, being really strange with John. Yeah, like, exactly. Rather than being jealous. About yeah, him. like like you wouldn't be sad about it unless you were jealous. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. Um, so the next scene, Vonda is singing um, some Barry White at the bar with the I Kets, um, yeah. like no matter how I try. <laughs> and, and Ali and John are dancing. Yeah. And and at, we get Ali's uh, voiceover, and she's like. God, I'm trapped in 70s hell and I can't get out. And I was like, number one, 
the 70s are not hell. It's one of my favourite <laughs> decades. And number two, we have, like, a gif of John in, like, a full 70s. Saturday night fever outfit, like, dancing and twirling. And, like, a white man afro. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, like, the big sideburns and all that kind of thing. Like, I know. doing a little dance. And then she's like, and he's having a great time. <laughs> like, she looks really in the beach. I'm like, it seems like a good date to me. So then they're walking home and Ali is talking about her nail varnish. <laughs> like different types of nail varnish, like different colours. Um, and John is like, why are you talking so fast? <laughs> and he's like, subject matter aside, the rapidity of speech puzzles me. And then Ali's like, well, it's this case I'm working on. This man still loves his dead wife. It's really hit me because I'm a sucker for unrelenting love. And John goes, I have unrelenting impulses. And Ali's like, I'm sorry. And then the bell starts. Oh, God. And then he goes to suck, like, kiss, suck her, I guess. The way, the Elaine technique. Yeah. And Ali, like, he does it. And Ali, like, drops to the floor. Well, because he kind of, like, he, like, is sucking her face and then lets go suddenly. And the force of that, like, drops Ali to the floor like. and she's like oh John uh, you knocked me off my feet <laughs> and John's like are you hurt oh my god oh my god and she's like no I'm fine I guess we should call it a night on that don't you think and John's like I've been untoward and Ali's like no no it's okay night buddy <laughs> I know and then he's like she, she called, called me buddy, buddy. and, and I'm like, like oh, oh John he knows he's blown it like oh Bless him. Oh, God. I know. Oh, I feel so sorry I for know. him. So, so sorry for him. Um, but in the, so the next day in the unisex, we've got Richard and John talking about it, and Elaine's in the stall because we hear her voice. Because yeah. <laughs> Richard's like, oh, don't worry, John. First dates are really difficult. You just surprised her. And Elaine from the stall goes, did you suck her tongue? And John's like, I may have drawn blood. <laughs> and Georgia comes in, um, and Richard's saying, my first date with Whipper, she called the police. The next day, I got a wattle. Bygones. <laughs> and Georgia just pauses and looks at him. I know, because it is like, what the fuck did you do that prompted someone to call the police on a first date? Like... And which is like, John was untoward. <laughs> this, is, this is why we're here. So the next scene, we're in Seymour's studio and Ali knocks on the door because she's come to see him. Mm-hmm. And he uh, greets her by saying, uh, hi, skirtless. <laughs> you make house calls. And she's like, so I've come to see you because we need to make a final argument to the judge this morning and we don't really have one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then she says, these are really beautiful. And Talking she says, about a painting. Yeah. And Seymour's like, for an amateur. Yeah. <laughs> and she says, so the issue that they have is, is that your son really wants to protect your name in the art world and you say that's not important to you. But the problem is that according to him, it is, or at least it used to be, it was. Yeah. He thinks that when you were more and Seymour goes competent, and she's like, I'm here, I'm just here trying to figure out what you really, really want. And I was like, lol, Spice Girls. <laughs> <laughs> what do you really, really want? And she's tell me like, what you want, what do you really, yeah, really want? Yeah, and she's like, tell me what you want. Tell what me you what you really, want. really want. Yeah. And he <laughs> says, what I've always wanted, to paint what I feel and share it. And Ali says, and all you paint is her. And he's like, yeah. And I've just got a little sad face. I have a little sad face with a teardrop. <laughs> it's like, oh. So sad. Oh, 
so Addie's gone back to the office and she's coming out of the elevator kind of taking a moment and she bumps into John yeah, taking ne- a moment the other way <laughs> yeah. neither of them are looking where they're going and well, they, they both bump got into their, each other they've both got their hands on the bridge of their nose like, oh, <laughs> like really worried and, they and bump John in. falls down in slow motion like on his back like you do get like the sound of a branch uh, of a tree trunk falling. Do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. goes down, and Ali's like, "Oh my god, John, I'm really sorry." And John's like, "Well, I guess we're even now." <laughs> um, and Ali kind of, once she's made sure John's okay, goes to her office, and he follows her, and he yeah. goes, "Look." I've had time to think about this. I've replayed the date several times and your cosmetic babbling <laughs> was designed to incur my disinterest. And Ali just looks at him. Well, she like, looks like really horrified yeah, because it's like rumbled rumble yeah. yeah. And she's like, John, I think sometimes I know it's not going to be a match, even if I don't know why. And Renee and I, we call it the ick. And John goes, ick. I don't like this word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Ali's like, well, it sounds pejorative, but really it just means not meant to be. I mean, it could be that you and I work together. It could be that you're kind and I need someone who'd be miserable to me. And then John's like, it, or it could be you're in love with someone else. And John's like, and Ali's like, what? So, no, 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 that's no. not it. And John's kind of smiling because he's, he's so in tune with Ali's feeling yeah like we have sort of seen hints of it so far but Mm. this is the first time he's really got something that nobody else around her has been able to pinpoint and he's like you're in love with somebody else and she's like no i'm i'm not even seeing anybody else and john's kind of distracted and she's like are you okay and john's like i've jammed my flusher i'm fine (laughs) and he's like fiddling with his clicker yeah she's like I better get going. We're going to talk later, okay? And John's like, yeah, sure. And she kind of goes while John continues to kind of fiddle Fiddle with his um, clicker. Um, But as she's leaving, John just suddenly goes, something tells me he's still in love too. And And then then Ali's like, shocked. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's like, John knows. John's, John's not a moron. John's a smart cookie. He is a biscuit. He's a biscuit. So then we're in court. And the opposing counsel is saying that they've provided documentation showing what the hardship would be to his estate if Mr. Little opens a gallery to display um, his and pictures of his wife. is saying, this is servitude, guardianship doesn't presuppose, and the opposing counsel interrupts and goes, guardianship presupposes incompetence. And then there's a pause, and he goes, I'm sorry to say this, but you have forced this ugliness. Mr. Little is incompetent. If he opens a gallery with pictures of his wife and their inferior works, the estate and his reputation will get hurt. His son's just trying to protect him. You know, art students all over the world revere this man. Just let that be. Yeah. Um, And Ali says he still loves his wife. He wants to continue experiencing that. Maybe that makes him crazy, but we're lucky to have somebody with a bit of that insanity. Somebody who never lets you go. Somebody who cherishes you forever. Talk about a legacy. Loving somebody forever. That's a legacy. And then she says, you want his world to go on, Sam, who's his son. And then yeah. she says, so does he. And then there's, uh, yeah, there's like a pause. And um, Billy's, uh, Billy? No. Judge Boyle. Boyle. B. I've got B.O., but I don't know. <laughs> Boyle says... I'll have to figure out the logistic, but logistics, but I think I can construe a guardianship that allows him to open shop. And the opposing counsel says nobody wants to see him get hurt. And the boy was like, that's why I think it's going to work. Yeah, he goes, I see that. That's why I think it's going to work. And I, I teared up over this. I think it's really emotional. Yeah. It's just people 
fighting over looking after this man. Yeah. And trying to do what is in his best interest. Yeah. And I just think that's really, that's really lovely. You rarely see that in a yeah. courtroom. You yeah. know what I mean? So then the final scene is uh, Vonda, it's the soundtrack to Vonda singing um, The End of the World, which I love that song. It's, it, to me, it's like, it's you know, it's like the song world. version of that poem, Stop All the Clocks. Yeah. It's like, why? Because when you lose someone who's so close to you, you're like, how is the world carrying on as normal? Yeah. Like, everyone should be. Why is. Stopping and thinking we've lost something. Yeah. We've all lost something. The world is no longer good because this person's no longer it's gone. here. Yeah. And there is something about grief. There's certainly immediate grief where you want that to happen. You just need the world that. to take just stop and take stop yeah. of the fact that this has happened. Yeah, um, it's the fact that it just keeps on going. That's the cruelty that is of so grief. Hard. Yeah. So this song is is uh, playing, and um, Ali is in her office, and she's sitting in her chair, and she kind of sighs. And Billy comes in, and he says, "Will you forgive me letting go?" And I'm like, Titanic vibes. Um, and then Ali, there was room on the door for both of you! <laughs> no, I mean, if Billy and I were on the Titanic, like... I'd be shoving him off. I wouldn't even have held his hand. I'd have just been like, bye! <laughs> Good luck! <laughs> See ya! <laughs> so, he, and Ali says, I forgive it, but I'm still not sure I'll ever understand it. And then we have a montage of Ali walking home to Vonda singing this song. Georgia and Billy are slow dancing at the bar. And Georgia is kind of clinging onto him. And Billy's just looking sad over her shoulder. <laughs> um, Seymour is in a... Sh- I love the way when you said that, you like shook your head like... <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you've got a wonderful woman, Billy. Right there. Right there. In your arms. And you can just fuck off because uh, neither of them... You don't deserve either of them. Yeah. Um, and then Seymour is in his studio, surrounded by uh, pictures of his wife, just looking sad. Mm. And then John is holding his temples in the library again. In the library nook. And then Ali is, is again walking, walking home, home again. And yeah. That's the end of the world. <sighs> it's not the end of the world. <laughs> Might as well be. sad episode it really yeah it definitely made me emotional with the whole a man who just is so in love with his wife yeah he just he doesn't want to let her go yeah um yeah my name sad Sad. okay retrial so case of the week was obviously sam little versus seymour little yeah um who do you, what do you what do you who do you what do you what do you, what do, you, what do, you, what do you I think I mean I think um, you know Judge Boyle sounds like he's trying to arrange a thing that makes you know both sides happy basically yeah. like come to some kind of compromise yeah which sounds like the best solution solution but yeah I think I, I think ultimately he should have been allowed to paint what he wants yeah and this idea that his legacy would be destroyed because he ended his life exclusively painting his wife, I just think that's that's awful. Like that's rubbish, and I, I don't, don't and that, I, don't I don't believe that holds. it. Yeah, because you have you talk about the famous painters like Picasso, <laughs> like Picasso, <laughs> but like there's 
you talk about their work in terms of eras, don't yes, you? And you're yes. like, this was when they were at their peak, or this yes. is when they started to do something different. And at the time, people hated it, but with the hindsight of decades, you know, you talk about them being ahead of their time. Like, you don't yeah. know what's going to happen in 50 years. In 50 years, people might be like, oh my God, his end of life era was stunning like yeah. how wonderful that he it's just you don't exactly and I just think and, also, and it doesn't take anything away from it, the from stuff that everyone loved exactly before. it doesn't I really exist. don't I, and I think at the end of the day an artistic genius no matter what you know art it is an artistic genius is still a human being yeah. and we shouldn't try to hide that or be like you know because it's part of his story. Yeah. It's part of his life. I agree. And I just think to conceal that in an effort to preserve some kind of um, like yeah image of like he was pure creative genius from his Start entire life. Yeah. Like and it's just like no, you're not being honest about the nature of hum- human beings and, and the genius of human yeah. beings. Like, someone, you know, genius maybe does not last forever. Yeah. And we should be able to be okay with that yeah. and to show that. Yeah. Like, and um, be... And like you say, and still not let that diminish, uh, you know, the peak of his work. Yeah. Like, I just... Yeah, I just didn't like this idea that he wasn't allowed to paint what he felt because it would diminish what Previous he has work. done before. I yeah. just don't believe that. And I don't I don't think that is the point of art. No. I that agree. is not the point of art yeah. is to be worried about your legacy. Yeah. That isn't the point of art. No. I mean, it's interesting you talk about legacy because that's my he said that so the reason why the son was so uh, passionate about stopping him from doing it is because he said, he's saying it was his wishes when he was, you know, a few decades before, he'd said, I need to leave the right legacy. But when you talk to Seymour now, he talks about his legacy in terms of, I want what I've always wanted, which is to paint things and share them. Yes. And that to him is a legacy. That's what he's talking about when he means legacy. It may not have been what he originally meant, but the other thing that I wanted to bring up is that people are allowed to change their minds about what they think they want. And actually, when you think about it, when he said that back, you know, 10, 20 years ago, he probably was at his peak. Yeah. That is often when people, uh, you know, creative genius are, are at their most egotistical. Yeah. And I think you're allowed to become wiser than that in yeah. your old age. And it doesn't mean that realize, you've gone mental. No, and yeah. realise, oh, actually, there's a deeper legacy. Yeah. Than just my image. Yeah. Or you know, what's made or, me or, money. Or what's made me iconic. Yeah. Like that, there's more to yeah. it all than that. And I, yeah, so I was like, Seymour should be allowed to do whatever the hell he wants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, Verdict of the week. The jury's back. Who are you going for? So, uh, verdict of the week, I... So I, I guess I want to remove part of the context of 
the fact that John and Ali are, you know, John is her boss. Right. Like, I do think that whole thing makes it slightly inappropriate anyway. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't just sort of hitting on her in the workplace, so it was no. all done very respectfully and carefully. I don't think that's necessarily... I don't think it's impossible for no. a boss and employee to start a relationship and it be unproblematic. I yes. think that is possible, because I see, I know that it's happened yes. to people I know. Yes. But... It does come with, like, a massive, like, health warning to be like, you have to tread more carefully than yeah. you otherwise do. Yes. In and case I do it got think, to be fair to them, they have yeah, been treading very they carefully. They haven't rushed into anything. They haven't done anything inappropriate yes. in the workplace on either side. And yes. so I don't have a problem with their no, relationship. No, no, I think it's been pretty, you know, well handled in that regard. Yeah. But yeah, I guess I find John not guilty because I just feel like he was trying really hard uh, to make sure the date with Ali went well and everything just kind of conspired against him. Well, I tell you who conspired against him. Fucking Richard and his <laughs> stupid <laughs> advice. Yeah, well, the bad advice from Richard and Elaine, uh, the hostility from Billy Ugh. and the aloofness from Ali. Ali just wasn't into it, but not... Uh, and that's fine, but it's not because he did anything wrong. No. Like, and it, he just wasn't the one for her yeah. and that's okay but I just guess I just felt like I wanted to be like you didn't do anything wrong and it just wasn't it, it just yeah it do just, you know what I'd also like to add to that I yeah. know it's not my verdict but I agree with you but also his reaction when he figured out that she had been trying to sabotage the date yes like subtly yes it would be so easy for them to write it it wouldn't have fitted with John's character but I can see another male character very easily being like Billy Butthurt yes, and being like it. how dare you yeah. not give me a chance yeah. whereas John came to him and was like I see what you were doing and that's fine yeah you know I just want you I just want you to know you didn't have to lie like yeah. it's okay and, that's and the we're thing. fine and that's the thing I think you know as per usual Renee was like right from the start right from the start just she didn't have to go for that whole rigmarole yeah like he has a nose yeah. for the truth exactly because I I hate when men get all entitled like yes. you know how dare you not want to fall in love with me like yeah I'm how dare you not even give me a chance, chance. Yeah, yeah you haven't let me prove myself to you yeah and um, I, I hate when that happens, but at the same time, I think that John was within his rights to be a little bit annoyed about the fact that he's like, why didn't you just say? Because yeah, you could have just said like, we didn't have to go through that ridiculous yeah. charade. And like, I, I it was a waste of my time, it was a waste of your and time. And also I ended up really embarrassing myself. Because like, yeah. I wouldn't have been surprised if he'd been annoyed from that perspective. Yeah, yeah. But he wasn't. He was yeah. just like, I, I, I... Yeah, he handled you know, it very well. I'm yeah. onto you, and I think I know why. Yeah. And, and it's, it's fine, okay. But just, but be, just be honest yeah. with me. Yeah, it would have been fine if you'd just been honest. Yeah. I could have handled it. Yeah. And I, I just think, yeah, like, I, it's funny. It's that thing of, like, I wonder whether Ali is so used to coddling Billy that it's Ugh. like, that, that she feels like, well, this is how all men need to be treated. And I like that John is turning around and going, you don't need to coddle me. Yeah. You could have just been honest. Yeah. I could have handled it. Yeah. Like, it like I would have rather you've been honest. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, and I just like that a man in her life has turned around and gone, you don't have to wrap me in cotton wool. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Just be honest. I yeah. prefer that. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, great, great stuff, John. 
great stuff. <laughs> so I've got a not guilty as well. Oh, okay. I'm giving it to Renee for telling Ali that if she touches Billy, she'll break her skin. <laughs> <laughs> I just was like, yes. You've yes. nailed it. Yes. This, yes. This is, this is, I could basically put that line in any of these episodes yes. and it would be true. Yeah. So, well, yeah. it would fit in. Like, yeah. it, well, you could, like, pick that up, copy and paste into so many scenes that I would feel just Renee pop up and be like, if you touch him, I will break your skin to me. That's why I was like, when there was that dream fantasy of them kissing, I was like, where's Renee when you need her? along and breaking her knees yeah oh i mean it was a dream sequence so they could have had that happen they could have yeah. like you know when she chucked that, Chuck that boulder, boulder on, on her, her. Yeah. yeah yeah but i don't know they didn't but oh, i'm so glad that was a dream oh, i know i know but you're right you know i think i remember at the time being like oh they're kissing and then being like oh it was a daydream but this time i'm like oh they're kissing and then it's like oh it's a daydream <laughs> amazing how much how, how much perspective 20 years can give you <laughs> oh my god anyway well on that bullshit yeah um what did you think of once in a lifetime uh you can hit us up on twitter at bygones podcast um search for us on facebook at bygones podcast or you can instagram message us on at bygones pod yes and uh or email us at bygones podcast at gmail.com and rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. You're doing like karate hands. <laughs> I don't know why. Rate and review. <laughs> rate, rate and review. Yeah, now she's doing the robot. Um, yeah. yeah, rate and review. It helps other people find us and love us. Uh, yeah. And helps us leave a legacy. <laughs> Help us leave a legacy of... Sounds like... Sounds bygones like goodness. Charity PSA now. <laughs> Um, and also don't forget to check out our Spotify playlist after every episode we always add all of the songs and Barry White is now in the building Barry White is now in the playlist we're very excited Um, but until next time bye bye guns. guns